Good morning. Uh, Pastor Evan is uh, going to Tucson this week uh, to a conference, and uh, I'm excited for him to get to do that. Uh, my wife and I were in Tucson a year ago, and uh, if you've been in that area, you know that Tucson is just uh, one day's horse ride from Tombstone. And uh, so I was thinking when Pastor Evan gets back, we should start calling him the Tucson Kid, maybe. Or maybe not, yeah. Uh, maybe it only sounded cool to me. Anyhow, uh, I'm not a pastor, I'm a layman. That's lay, not lame. So I'm a, I'm a layman, but I feel like that it's important for us to get to hear testimonies from people in the congregation as well as from our pastoral staff. Uh, so that's what I'm doing up here, and I'm excited about talking to you this morning about Christ in the workplace. Um, in order to do that, I feel like it's important that I tell you uh, what I actually do in the workplace or what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, I'm a software engineer, and I have been for most of my career. I actually went to school for electrical engineering, but by the time I got out of uh, school, due to the rapid advancement of technology, I found myself in the world of programming. Uh, this morning, I'm going to tell you about my experiences in trying to figure out how to walk with Christ in my places of employment. One day, about 10 years ago, I was sitting in my cubicle at work, and uh, a woman who we'd seen around, but nobody really knew what she did, she came up to my cube and she said, uh, we're having a ride-to-work party tomorrow morning. Would you uh, join us? And since I'd be riding a bicycle to work anyway, I said, sure. So we met the next morning at Holmes Lake, and we were going to ride down to 13th and O Street, where the offices were. And uh, as we gathered there, there were six of us. There were three guys and three girls. And um, as we gathered, so did the storm clouds. So it looked, became apparent that we might get wet. And the other two guys, they took off, and they rode as hard as they could go down to the office to try to avoid getting wet. But I stayed and I rode with the girls because I was afraid that uh, they would not be able to make it down the gauntlet that was in street at the time. There was no bike trail there. Uh, it was just ride and hope for the best. So I stayed and I rode with them and I rode very slowly compared to what I normally ride because the gals seemed to be more interested in talking than avoiding getting wet. And eventually we did make it to work. And uh, two weeks later, the company announced that this woman that I'd ridden through the storm with was our new president of the company. And I've been in her good graces ever since. <laughs> you know, it might be the reason I still have a job. I don't know, but it's, it's wonderful. Uh, another time, this was with a different company, I was assigned to uh, lead a, a team to build a interface for a fuel company and it involved technology that I was not familiar with. And I often find myself in that situation where I have a subwoofer roaring behind me, and uh, I find myself in situations where my abilities are not great enough to match the skills necessary. And in those situations, I just persevere with dogged determination, and usually God will bless that effort since uh, I'm lacking in intelligence. 
So uh, that's what I did. I just really pressed on with this project and, and worked it as hard as I could. And eventually I did have something that worked, but it was about as robust as a Cornhusker football team. Uh, yeah, boo. I was going to go with basketball team, but then they won four games in a row, you know? So, uh, so yeah, it was a little scary, and I was afraid of it failing spectacularly when, it, when we rolled it out. And so I kept praying, and I kept working on this thing for several months, and I kept dreading the day that it was going to roll out. And one week before it was supposed to go live, somebody else bought the company, and the whole thing got scrapped. <laughs> Praise Jesus. <laughs> I was so grateful. You know, some would call these uh, things coincidences, but over and over again, I've seen God bless my attempts to do the right thing. I've seen him arrange things many times to get me out of a jam or to bring unexpected opportunities. The bottom line is whatever success I have achieved in the workplace is due to him. Due to him. And for my... Uh, I selected Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to read verse 23. Whatever you do, do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. Now, I know in the physical realm, we work for a person or a company. We work for human masters, and they are the ones that sign our paycheck. But the larger scheme of things in the eternal realm, uh, we believers are working for God. We're not just working for human masters, we're working for God. And why do I say this? I say it because he is the one that enabled us to find that job, and he is the one that ultimately enables us to do it. At the end of the book of Romans, in chapter 11 and verse 33, the apostle Paul writes, who has given to God what God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. From him, through him, and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. So what we're doing when we work in our workplaces is we are working for God. So does it relieve pressure to realize that you are working for the Lord as well as for human masters? Does that make your job easier or does it make it harder? Does it empower, that, there's a good corporate word for you, does it empower you or frighten you? It should enable us to proceed in faith knowing that God is aware of our situation and that he has placed us there for his own purposes above and beyond our employer's purposes. I believe that at our workplace, God has placed us there specifically for a purpose. Now, the first thing that we need to understand about employment is that work is not a curse. It was a gift from God given to us before the fall. By our work, we employ useful skills to glorify God, love our neighbors, and further God's kingdom. So in Genesis 2.15, it says, The Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Now, it says that, before uh, the temptation and the curse was issued. So the opportunity was given before the curse. 
And work is not a result of the curse of sin, even though sometimes it may feel like it. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 22, uh, it says, So I saw that there is nothing better for a person than to enjoy their work, because that is their lot. For who can bring them to see what will happen after them? Uh, that was written by Solomon. I'm not sure how much work he did, but he oversaw some major projects. And uh, we know that from these verses that work is a part of God's plan for us. And this morning, I'd like to share some of my thoughts on working for God while working for man. Practically speaking, what should it look like? Or at least what did it look like and has it looked like in my life? Uh, the first point I'd like to make is that for uh, when we work for God, we care about what we say and what we do. When we work for God, we care about what we say and what we do. I'm a preacher's kid, and I know that preacher's kids have a reputation as being going off the rails a lot of times, but I was the opposite. I didn't want my actions and the things I did and said to shame my father, to bring uh, bad light on his name. And I feel like in the workplace, it's the same way with uh, Christ that we don't want to, uh, by being reckless or lazy or sinful, we don't want to uh, tarnish his name. However, in the workplace, I have often screwed up. Just going to admit it. It's true. Uh, I've needed to apologize many times when I've lost my temper or for things that I've said or mistakes I've made. Uh, I've found that that initiates a possibility for healing in those relationships where someone has been wronged. You know, it didn't kill me to say I screwed up. And I also found that eventually my employer could trust my word because when I screwed up, I would admit it. I've also been placed in situations where I had to swallow my pride and find ways to serve the company outside of my areas of expertise or my, even my comfort zone. And in those situations, uh, a lot of times I just acknowledged uh, that I needed help. I would get help from other employees, uh, and I'd work as hard at it as I could. Uh, I've also had to switch software platforms several times within my career, and uh, that's very difficult. It requires a lot of humility to go from being an, expect, an expert in one place to a newbie, a rookie in a new place. But those who knew me also knew that this reflected uh, the spirit of Christ to those around me. So uh, I just trusted in God in those situations. When we work for God, we are also spiritually alert for opportunities to tell of his greatness. I routinely talk about my help coming from, from God uh, in and out of the workplace because that's where it comes from, you know? Let's be honest. Um, just this week, uh, we had a, a very difficult situation arise. I had no idea how to fix it, and unexpectedly, a solution was presented, and I just texted to my other team members on Teams. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's an answered prayer because it was. Um, I've, I've had mixed results, though, in, in my attempts to share my faith at work. Um, I've been blessed to see a couple people come to Christ through my words and actions, but I've also had 
failed attempts at trying to start workplace Bible studies and things like that. So uh, things don't always work out as I'd hoped. But I'm only called to speak the testimony of Jesus Christ. Last month I had a colleague, we have some uh, uh, programmers now in Costa Rica, and one of them uh, just said, you know, you are really easy to work with. And I just responded back, uh, I better be, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And if I'm not treating you like Christ does or should, uh, I have a problem. Um, I also had uh, a colleague this week that uh, she confessed to being just really negative. Uh, naturally, that's her natural bent. And I was able to share with her that that's my natural bent also, but I'm able to overcome that tendency by, through my relationship with Jesus Christ. And um, whenever cases like this arise and I get a chance to mention my faith or something about church, I just say it and then I drop it unless they show interest in it. And then we can carry on a conversation. But I want people to know who I am and I don't want them to, uh, I don't want to be overbearing in, in my relationship with Jesus Christ to the point that I am causing problems at work. So I'll say it, drop it, unless they show interest. Psalm 37 as a whole could be taken as a commentary on the workplace, but a, a couple of verses specifically that came to mind as I prepared this message. Uh, this is Psalm 37.3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. It's a wonderful promise to take to workplace with you. So when we work for God, we care about what we say and do. The second point I'd like to make is when we work for God, we can go to him for help. When I, uh, this was back in 1979 when I got into the workforce as a programmer, and increasingly over the years, especially with the advent of the internet, things have gotten a lot more complicated. And um, I'm not a true all-powerful nerd. I know that may be hard for you to believe, but uh, I'm not near as smart as most of the people I work with. And as things have gotten more complicated, it's become more difficult for me to, to do my job, to even figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. And so each morning when I wake up, I ask God to send work to me that I can understand and be successful at for myself and for the company. I just pray and ask God to send me something I can work on that day. And, and then I know that whatever comes my way has been filtered through his hand. I can proceed in faith even if I don't understand it when it's assigned to me, knowing that God has sent this my way. In my career, I've been in situations where customers would request a programmer because our software package was not able to handle the uniqueness of their business model. I've had many times, uh, this was with a former company, where I would fly out, I'd work several all-nighters to help them get through a crisis. I had other times when I was sent out because I was known as a peacemaker 
and we were in a very volatile situation with this company. And I would always just go and, and work as hard as I could and trust God to make it all work out. And as far as I know, it always did. A beautiful passage, uh, we read this earlier, Psalm 121, just a beautiful passage on getting our help from the Lord. And I'm not going to go through the whole passage again, uh, but I will mention briefly a couple verses. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I found in my career, God knows software. He knows how to do it. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. It's a beautiful passage. And without sounding like a prophet of prosperity, I want to say I personally believe that when we take Christ to the workplace with us, he will bless our efforts. I believe he will bless those efforts. I've witnessed it over and over again in my life. Psalm 97 says, may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. That's what he wants to do for us at work. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, Solomon wrote, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. The Lord works out everything for its proper end. So when we, when we work for God, we can go to him for help. The third point I'd like to make is that when we work for God, our purpose extends beyond what the company seeks to accomplish. Our purpose extends beyond what the company seeks to accomplish. Uh, Colossians 3.24 mentions a reward. That was not the reward, by the way. Uh, Pastor Evan can preach through anything. You can have kids screaming anywhere, and he just powers through. I'm a little more easily distracted, so I'm sorry. Uh, in Colossians 3.24, it mentions a reward. Okay, we're back now. Uh, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward... Uh, I don't know, I wasn't able to find specifically what this inheritance from the Lord as a reward is, but this verse seems to imply that inheritance refers to the rewards that we will receive in the future kingdom of Christ. It's, it's kind of like paying it forward, so to speak. There's more corporate talk for you. Uh, the benefits of serving with Christ in the workplace are both temporal and eternal. It's not just what's going on in the moment there at work. They're both temporal and eternal. Sometimes the thought of eternal reward can help us press on in the midst of difficult circumstances because they arise. Sometimes that eternal reward, if we focus on that, it can help us press on in the midst of difficult circumstances. And when thinking about uh, difficult circumstances, I, I would be remiss if I did not mention a situation where an eternal focus is very beneficial, and that is the toxic work environment. I'm, sure, I'm guessing that most of us sometime in our life have, have been in that situation. 
Sometimes corporate decisions make our work more difficult. Changes in ownership. Uh, I've been in companies that have been sold seven times over the course of my career. And a lot of times that's a painful process. Uh, management or direction can, can change and lead to angry, negative work associates and a toxic work environment. Or sometimes it's a difficult boss that makes life miserable for us. I personally know of a couple people that are in the middle of this situation right now. One is very close to me, and uh, there are uh, changes in the company happening because of financial shortfalls and uh, management shifting, and so that's producing a toxic environment to be in. Another uh, one is a friend of my wife who finds herself in a toxic situation because of another employee who's jealous of her success can cause uh, a toxic work environment. When the toxic work environment happens, knowing that it is Christ that you are serving can make it easier to endure the difficulties that it creates. Because your suffering becomes, at that point it becomes suffering for Christ, not just suffering for the company. Your suffering becomes suffering for Christ in my career, I found myself in a toxic work environment a few times, and I'd like to say that I was successfully rose above it, all the negativity and everything that was going on around me, but that would be lying. It wasn't the case. Sometimes I got sucked in and became just as miserable as those around me, and it wasn't until much later I would wake up spiritually and realize how bad my attitude had become then I'd have to make some necessary attitude adjustments and accept the situation for what it was and begin to walk in gratitude again. And it was only then that I could actually help other people within the toxic environment rise above it too. I've had a few times where I was a part of that toxic environment. I'm not proud to admit that. An example of that is uh, I worked with a man for several years whose last name was Hain. And he was a network guy, and it seemed to me like he made a lot of mistakes. He would take servers down, he would delete our user profiles, and whenever this would happen, I would refer to them as heinous crimes. Because I thought, you know, I thought I was being amusing and funny. But what I was actually doing is I was producing a toxic work environment for him. Now I have in my mind uh, a place that I call the Hall of Shame. I have the hall of shame, and when I sin, when I cause a major problem like that, I try to go in and I hang that up in the hall of shame so that I can walk by that and remember not to make those same mistakes again. I'm old enough now, I'm thinking about adding a second wing to that hall of shame. As for the bad boss, uh, that was kind of a tricky one, but scripture does talk about situations where we have one in authority and one under authority. And so if you go to 1 Peter 2 and verse 18, it says, slaves in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh, the bad boss. 
For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? I've had a few times when I probably should have received a beating. <laughs> but if you are suffering for doing good and you endure it, it is commendable before God. It's commendable before God. I really didn't uh, bring any additional scripture to share with you about dealing with a bad boss, but a quote from Legally Blonde comes to mind. In one place, uh, a professor tells L. Woods, if you're going to let that stupid jerk ruin your life, you're not the girl I thought you were. So uh, if you can't remember First Peter, remember L. Woods. James chapter 1 and verse 19 is a, is a wonderful passage to take with you to the workplace, especially when it's a toxic environment. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to be angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. It's a great passage to take with you to the workplace. And going back to Psalm 37 in verse 7, it says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A wonderful promise. So how can we find and sustain lasting success in our walk with Christ in the workplace? Success doesn't come by depending upon our own strength, but from the strength that God provides. Success comes from an eternal perspective. Backtracking to the first verses of Colossians chapter 3, Paul writes, Since you've been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You died. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That's the case for us as believers in Jesus Christ. This then is the foundation for succeeding at work with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. Success as followers of Christ in the workplace ultimately goes back to living victoriously in Christ, walking in the power of the Spirit instead of the weakness of the flesh. Because when we take Christ with us to the workplace, we also take our crucified lives. We don't take our old selfish lives. We don't take our old vindictive, angry person. We take our crucified selves. We find success by living out Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives within me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. As a Christian in the workplace, we find success in the same way that we found salvation in Jesus Christ, by placing our faith in God and his working. Then our purpose becomes an eternal one, and we can look forward to a reward of so much greater value than a paycheck, an eternal reward. 